I'd like to read a passage from Acts chapter 8, the Acts of the Apostles chapter 8. When Stephen opened in prayer this afternoon, I felt confirmed because he spoke about those that would be reading the scriptures, that their eyes might be opened. And I'd like to read about a man who was reading the scriptures and his eyes were opened. So Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. But the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Rise up and go southward on the way which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, the same as desert. And he rose up and went. And lo, an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a man in power, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was over all her treasure, who had come to worship at Jerusalem, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, approach and join this chariot. And Philip, running up, heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and said to him, Dost thou then know what thou art reading of? And he said, How should I then be able, unless someone guide me? And he begged Philip to come up and sit with him. And the passage of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb is dumb in presence of him that shears him, thus he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment has been taken away, and who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answering Philip said, I pray thee, concerning whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other? And Philip, opening his mouth and beginning from that scripture, announced the glad tidings of Jesus to him. As they went along the way, they came upon a certain water. And the eunuch says, Behold water, what hinders my being baptised? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they went down both to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptised him. But when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no longer, for he went on his way rejoicing. Some of you know I've got two daughters. They've grown up these days, but a long time ago when they were very little and had to go in car seats. Some of you may have experienced this as well. You... You're in the meeting, you, you pick up your hymn book and Bible, you pick up your daughter, you walk to the car, you put your hymn book and Bible on the roof while you get your car key out, you open the car door, put your child in, strap them in, close the door, jump in the car, drive away. Which I did once. I And clearly my hymn book and Bible were on the roof. I don't like to mistreat my Bible. I got it back. Someone found it and someone returned it to me, but it must have fallen open at Isaiah 53 and that page was missing. And I thought, I thought to myself, I think at that time, you know, that was the scripture that this Ethiopian eunuch was reading. And then just this afternoon, Andrew opened his Bible and the page was missing as well. But you know, the scripture speaks to us. And what, what impressed me about this scripture was that we have this man who's, who's seeking, he's seeking. He's come all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem and he's come to worship 
We're not really told very much about what he found when he got to Jerusalem. My impression is that he found religion, but he didn't find a saviour. That he was seeking God, but God is revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many people, there are many religions in the world today that will tell you about God. But the Bible tells me that God is revealed to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the only way that we can know him. The Bible says that quite clearly. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. There's only one way to know God, and that is through the Lord Jesus. And that's why Jesus came here. That's why the Lord Jesus, although he was God in his own person, he came here and lived as a man amongst men, because God came close to us. Because we're sinners, we can't get close to God, but God, recognising that we're sinners, recognising that we could do nothing for ourselves, sent the Lord Jesus into this world to save sinners. And he came to save people like me, and people like you, and people like this Ethiopian eunuch. Perhaps he was disappointed, he was, a, he was a, an important man. He was clearly the treasurer of Ethiopia. He'd have had a lot of treasure under his control. And here he came up to Jerusalem, and because he was a eunuch, he would have been told that you can't be part of the congregation, you can't come into the temple. But he seemed to have had this scripture and he was returning. It doesn't say that he was rejoicing as he returned, so I think perhaps he was disappointed. But he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. If you read the prophet Isaiah, you'll see it's a long book, 66 chapters. Some people have said it's almost, uh, although chapters aren't inspired, you know, there are 66 books in the Bible. And there are 66 chapters in Isaiah. And interestingly, you get to Isaiah 40, and that quotation from the beginning of the Gospels is there when John the Baptist appears and says, make straight the way of the Lord. But that's a slight digression, but I don't know whether he started right at the beginning of Isaiah, whether he just had chapter 53. In a sense, it doesn't matter, because as you can see, it was only two verses, in a sense. There were two verses that this man was reading and he was wondering about them. And I wonder if that's your experience. It's been my experience. You know, it's not necessarily a chapter of the Bible that's spoken to me, but just a verse, or a verse or two has spoken to me. Perhaps it's because I've been reading the Bible. I've certainly experienced that. I've been seeking something, I've read the Bible, and a verse or two have spoken to me. And sometimes it's in an occasion like this, where someone has read from the Bible, and he's speaking about it, and he says something about a scripture that you've that, that just speaks to you. It captures your attention. I, I sat in the Gospel, and my mind was wandering, and I remember the preacher saying something, and it kind of brought me right back to the present, and I thought, wow... How on earth did you know I was thinking about that? When it didn't even seem to be relevant to the scripture that he was reading. That's how God can speak to us. He can speak to us in very simple ways, but he can speak to us very directly. 
as well. And this Ethiopian, as I say, I think he was disappointed. He was coming back and he was wondering about this scripture that he was reading from Isaiah 53. If he'd been reading from the beginning of Isaiah, you know there are many scriptures that might have caught his attention about God saying, if your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. A description of the nation of Israel as, as whether it's from the sole of their feet to the the, uh, the hair of their head, you know, they were they were sinful. Many scriptures, but this is the scripture that he was reading. And Philip, Philip was directed to come alongside him. There was this chariot going through the wilderness, and Philip runs up and remarkably hears the man reading, reading aloud. That's the thought in, in, in the Bible. When Paul says to Timothy, give thyself to reading, he means reading out loud. He wanted Timothy to read the scriptures out loud. It is good to read the scriptures out loud. When my mother was was so poorly in the home, so often we would sit and read the scriptures to her. And it's good both for those that read and those that hear to read the scriptures. And they are a blessing. And no, there's no better way to seek than to read the scriptures. Yes, you can come to a preaching like this. Yes, you can speak to others. But, you know, reading the scriptures is the best and the simplest way to seek the Lord because the Lord can speak to you through the scriptures. That being said, it's clearly helpful if you find Christians who can explain the scriptures to you. We were saying this afternoon, even Peter, the Apostle Peter said that some of the things that Paul wrote were difficult to understand and it helps us to have others to help us. So Philip was here and he was able to come up to this Ethiopian and the Ethiopian was reading the scripture and what a scripture Isaiah 53 is. If you read the chapter, only a short chapter, but it speaks of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus in an unmistakable way. But perhaps the Ethiopian had been asking in Jerusalem about this scripture and I understand that there was uncertainty about about it, whether Isaiah who prophesied it years before, perhaps 750 years before whether he had been speaking about himself or whether he had been speaking about the Messiah or some would even say he was speaking about the nation but those of us looking back from today can see how unmistakably Isaiah 53 speaks about the sufferings of the Lord Jesus. And so, these verses here, he was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb is dumb in presence of him that shears him, thus he opens not his mouth. In his judgment, in his humiliation, his judgment has been taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. Perhaps the Ethiopian was feeling a bit rejected. Being to, being to Jerusalem and there was no place for him in the temple. And then he came across a scripture about a man. And he was rejected as well. Sometimes that's what the Bible does. We read the Bible and we find there are things in the Bible that are so relevant 
to the situation and the circumstance that we find ourselves in. And it's remarkable. Scriptures that were written hundreds and even thousands of years ago can be just as relevant and just as pertinent today as they were when they were written. And that's because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit quickens the Word of God. He makes it alive and he makes it speak to us. And I think it was speaking, it was undoubtedly speaking to this Ethiopian. He's wondering about this man who was led as a sheep to slaughter. And no doubt as Philip, starting from those scriptures, opened up, announced the glad tidings of Jesus to him. Perhaps it didn't seem good news, just those two verses in Isaiah 53, but Philip tells him there's good news concerning the Lord Jesus. And Philip was able to tell him that there is good news, that because the Lord Jesus was led as a lamb to the slaughter, the only one who didn't have to die, the Lord Jesus, he was the one who went to the cross at Calvary and laid down his life. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. He laid down his life, he shed his precious blood. No doubt, Philip perhaps spoke about the Passover, the Passover lamb. The Ethiopian wouldn't have necessarily been familiar with that, but the the Jews were very familiar with the Passover lamb. And there was the Lord Jesus. Those Passover lambs looked onto that day when the Lord Jesus laid down his life on the cross at Calvary and shed his precious blood. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And everyone who has their faith and their trust in the work of the Lord Jesus. That means that you're trusting the work that the Lord Jesus did for yourself. You know, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you anymore as a sinner. He sees you as a sinner saved by grace. He sees you washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. As it were, you're sheltering under the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. You know, when that was said all those years ago, as we read in Exodus 12, is it? What was passing over? It was the destroying angel. There was an angel that was sent out, and any house that didn't have the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel, the firstborn in that house died. Every household, you know, would have been affected. It wasn't just humans, it was was animals as well. Think of all the firstborn that perished in Egypt, but think how many are perishing today, but God wants to pass over. He wants you to be sheltered under the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. So the eunuch's asking questions, isn't he? It's good to ask questions. The eunuch answering Philip said, I pray thee, concerning whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other? And Philip, opening his mouth and beginning from that scripture, announced the glad tidings of Jesus to him. Glad tidings, good news. Good news that there is salvation for those that have no hope. Salvation for those who are rejected. People who don't fit into this world. People who don't fit into this world system. It doesn't matter how rich you are, whether you're the Chancellor of Ethiopia or whether you're a pauper. The Gospel is for you. It doesn't matter whether you think you're good or whether you think you're really bad. The Gospel is for you. The Lord Jesus said, you've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And again, if we read Isaiah 53, we find out all we like sheep 
have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Everyone, each one of us has gone astray. That's what the Bible tells me. I, I was a lost sinner. The Lord Jesus found me and saved me through his wonderful grace. And I know that's true of many, if not all, in this hall tonight. But I'd like you to go out tonight being sure that your, your faith and trust is in the Lord Jesus. I'd like you to go out of this hall rather like this Ethiopian. It says that he went on his way rejoicing. And we can rejoice. We can rejoice because of the good news, because of our sins forgiven, for the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the fact that we're brought into a new relationship with God. We are, we're brought in as sons. There's wonderful blessings in the Gospel. Mark was reminding us this afternoon that the Gospel, yes, it's preached that we might be saved from our sins, but there's so much more to it than that. As, as, as Paul says, that all should believe and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's the truth as it is in Jesus. Jesus is the truth. And the more that we read the Bible, the more that we speak about it with others, the more we realise how deep these scriptures are and how little we understand about them. But before we, we get to there, we find the, the Ethiopian. He's, he says, behold water, what hinders my being baptised? Well, that's an important thing too. There are two ordinances for Christians in the Bible. One is the Lord's Supper, the breaking of bread, and the other is baptism. If we're, if we've been saved, it's important that we're, we're also baptised. Now baptism, I suppose very simply, speaks of, the water speaks of death. You know, the Lord Jesus went into death and he came out of death and he ascended and he's in glory and we're to be associated with him and we're to go as it were we go in to the water the old my old self goes in to the waters of baptism but you know what comes out is is new it's different and it, it's a picture of the fact that our faith and trust is in the Lord Jesus. So my faith is in a man who's gone into death, he's come out of death, and he's alive. And I don't know anyone else. Do you know anyone else that's died and is alive today? No, I don't know of anyone, but I know of the Lord Jesus. And that's why my faith and trust is in him, because he's alive. He's not a dead saviour. It's not an historical gospel that I'm preaching. Yes, some of these things happened years ago, but the fact is, the, the Lord Jesus is alive, and the gospel is alive and relevant today, as this Ethiopian, this eunuch, found. And so, the Ethiopian, the eunuch, what hinders my being baptised? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptised him. But when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no longer, for he went on his way rejoicing. Well, how are you going to leave the hall this night? I remember a preacher speaking. You remember there were two men that went up to the temple to pray. There was one that was very self-righteous and there was a tax gatherer 
And the, the self-righteous one stood there and said, you know, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Look at all the good things that I do. And the, the tax gatherer beat upon his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, the sinner. And the preacher said, you know, one went down to his house dignified, the other went down to his house justified. You know, and it's important that you leave this hall tonight justified. It doesn't matter how dignified or undignified you are, but what does matter is that you're justified. That means that in the sight of God, you've been made righteous by putting your faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus. May you leave here tonight rejoicing, justified, you know, as as you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And the scripture very simply says, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance towards God. That means recognising that the life I've lived, the things that I've done, the things that I've thought, the things that I've said, that are sinful and wrong, are are offensive to God. And I need to turn my back on them, acknowledge that I've been wrong, and ask God for his forgiveness, and then faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Believing in him as a man who has died, but as the scripture says, is living to the ages of ages. Well, I take that to myself. I put my faith in Jesus many years ago, but faith is to be a current thing. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. It's not so much that we we need to die in faith, in a sense we do need to die in faith, but faith is for living, and baptism is for living. We're baptised for salvation in the life that we have. The the malefactor that died on the cross didn't need to be baptised because he wasn't going to live for very long. But we're living, and that's why we need to to make sure that our Christianity isn't an historical thing, that I don't just talk about things that happened many years ago that were a blessing to me, and but I can talk about something present. And I'm challenged about that. What can I say about today, or yesterday, or the day before, that was special to me, that the Lord spoke to me, or, or, or whatever it was? And in a sense, I ask you the same question. Well, I think I've probably said enough. Please think about the scripture that we've read tonight. Think about this eunuch who was seeking Reading the word of God, his eyes were opened and he went on his way rejoicing. And I trust we have troubles, we have tribulations. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that you don't have any more troubles, you don't have any more tribulations. Perhaps you have more than you had before. There's no promises about an easy life, but we can go on our way rejoicing. We were just reading this afternoon, weren't we? Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say to you, rejoice. He wanted the Philippians to rejoice. And despite the difficulties in which we live, the Lord would have us rejoicing too, for his name's sake.